It was in. Hello, welcome to the 40k Jason show, starring, oh we missed the song, Miss starring two of your three co-hosts for today. We're missing Pete. He's not here. Where is he? Is he fighting criminals on the front lines of New Quebec? Criminals in New Quebec? Uh, no, no, no. He's probably uh, just some sawing some logs. Chasing some Z's or Z's, as they say here in the colonies. Yeah, I think he's having a big sleepy, which is fine. But that doesn't leave you and me to try to navigate the murky waters of 40K. 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 How do you feel about that? Well, you know, I'm not intimidated because I know exactly where this one's going. Off-road, baby. (laughs) We could just pivot hard into the heresy if you want. Uh, Hard into the heresy, sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah, but before wow. that, how have you been? I'm pretty good. I, I I kind of try and prep myself for this question because I know it's coming, and then I just my mind goes blank as to what the hell has been happening. Okay. I spent a lot of time with JVP, who was just an adorable guy. Started swearing last night out of nowhere. We were watching a little Toy Story together, and he was just like, mm, "Fuck, <laughs> fuck." Just uh, if anyone is unaware, JVP JVP is Val's child. I think his name is Jordan Von Peterson. Is that correct? Jordan Von Peterson. (laughs) That's right. He's the leader of the uh, of of the alt right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Something sneaking in there. There was a little Freudian slip there, Robbo. It was important. I did that on purpose. Uh, (laughs) Wait, he just randomly started swearing. Did kids do that? Uh, I think so. Well, because, uh, you know, I, I probably haven't been as, as careful with not swearing around him as maybe a responsible parent would. Mm. So, yeah, JVP uh, definitely uh, definitely picked up the, the hard up. But it means that he picked up CK. Is, uh, for example, one of his favorite things is trucks. Which way am I supposed to be? This way? This way? Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah one yeah. of his favorite things is trucks. And, um, and he was mostly we would say tre, tre. So now he's got truck, which is great, but it came at the expense of also saying fuck. So, you know, baby steps, as they say. I feel like children of the generation that JVP is in are going to need that word a lot over the coming, like, fuck or fucked. Are going to be something they're going to need a lot in the next, like, 20 to 30 years. That's right. right. So so you're okay. You're you're okay is where you're at. Always okay. I've uh, got... been uh, slowly rehabbing up some green skins in the background there. I blurred my background because I've got a lot of secret things on my, my whiteboard slash to do lists. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, no, I've got uh, I've got a bunch of green skins on the go. A lot of a lot of really classic Brian Nelson pewter sculpts. Okay, uh, old school. A lot of fun with. Yeah. I've okay. got six spear checkers out there. i got two rock labbers. Because people to, who may uh, not have listened to the 40K Jason show, because it did have a bit of a spike in numbers on the uh, on the on YouTubes last week, Val. Oh, yeah. uh, mainly because of, I assume, the down votes that we received on the Monday night show. Uh, so it's kind of maybe <laughs> it balanced out. We, our most downvoted show was our Monday night show last week. So What, uh, what, what contro- controversy did you guys... Uh, did you guys do? <laughs> I said, happened? I said that that uh-huh. being at Worlds, I feel like having multiple in language coverage teams in the future might cause an issue. Yet, obviously, I respect the work that the French wargaming community did there. Uh-huh. Okay, and that was 
I think, misconstrued as, fuck these people. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> At any point, though, did you maybe say, fuck those guys? No, not one time. I was. Not one time. I prefixed with pleasantness all the way through. Uh-huh. Uh, I was inarguably a little bit nicer than I normally am. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I got brigaded. So, but I think that this has led, yeah, to a lot more people thinking. Do you know what? I'll listen to some 40k Jason see. Maybe it won't be so anti-French. Uh huh. Well, that's true. We 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 are uh, Canadians here, so um, you know, there's we're often mistaken for French people. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Do you have any passing French? Do you speak French at all? Je suis désolé, je ne parle pas français. Parlez-vous anglais par chance? Oh, nice. Perfect. Just enough to order a, a coffee, I assume. Uh, no, that's enough to get any any France French person to yeah. basically, if they know five words of English when I was traveling through France, they would use it. If you said, I'm sorry, I don't speak English. Do you speak? Sorry, I don't speak French. Do you speak English by chance? They would kill themselves to speak English to me, and it was beautiful. Literally, yeah. you have to do basically the minimal effort, and it seems that people will help you. Oh, that's good. That's lovely. That's sweet. In Quebec, they'll just respond to you in English, even if you are trying to speak French to them, because uh, (laughs) that's how it goes. That's how it goes for an English phone. Because they're fucking sick yeah. of you. Okay, well, so you've been good. That's been great. As what's been going on in the uh, what's been going in the Warhammer Fantasy Battle universe? Because this is the thing that you're most interested in. Well, still blown up. Notice something though. Big news last week. Yes. And this is this is a this is a tricky for both of us, Rob. I know this for a fact. Okay. Immortal Oh, thank you to Eon Blue for donating ten gift subscriptions. Get me closer Eon and Blue. closer. Eon Blue. Eon Blue, get me closer Jack and closer. Rocker. Yeah. Ooh. Eon Blue. Sacred, sacred Eon Blue. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, very much. Uh, very kind of you. Very kind. Very kind. Um, what's happened? What's happened? Oh, Mortal Empires. I won't do it. Imm- I shan't. Immortal. I won't. I won't do it. Do you want to tell people what that is in case they're unaware? So there's uh, there's like a, um, what do they call it? Like a Zord? Or uh, or like a like a big like multi transformer that you can make out of Warhammer one and two, and that's called Mortal Empires, and it takes all the factions from the first game and lets you play with all the factions from the second game on a big map of the old world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the new world and yeah, yeah. one. And now, uh, Immortal Empires has been announced. So that means you can take one, two, and three, put them together, and you have the entire. Warhammer planet? Is it a planet? I don't even know. It's a planet. It, be a, it weirdly it be looks a flat disc. It almost broad. looks exactly like Earth, like identically. Be, I think any at any rate. Um, yeah, so you'll be able to play with all of the factions all together in one one Warhammer planet, and you can conquer the whole world with your chosen faction of choice. Which faction and, would you try to conquer the world with? Man, I've been thinking hard about this. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, they're going to do a little Chaos Warriors rework, and I've never played with them. And it would be fun to be a bit chaosy, I think. So maybe, I, maybe if I went back in the game, I'd, I'd try out the old uh, Warriors of Chaos. They are really handsome. I like them a lot. They're tough. <laughs> they're tough to use. They're tough to use. You got you got yeah, to we... invade all the lands and do camps, but you can't take over. I'm a big, I'm a big castle up and and progress through the game guy. I'm I like, like, I feel like yeah. Kathy will be, uh, will be one that you like a lot. Then uh, they seem to be that, but I haven't played Warhammer Three because um, anyone who's familiar with 
Creative Assembly Total War games would know that it takes them a good three years to get a game in uh, in like non completely broken uh, shape. I don't know if that's actually true with Warhammer Three, but man, the numbers seem to suggest it. Like no one is playing Warhammer Three. It's actually really? kind of yeah, 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 yeah. No, oh, like, interesting. I'd like to come back to this. Dead. I'd just like to thank Scotty D forty nine for raiding us. Scotty. Scotty D. We're raided live on Twitch by Scotty Ooh. D. And I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, get out of our chat, Scotty D. Um hey. or or stay. Whatever you want. Um you and thanks what? go on, what? I say beam me up, Scotty. D forty nine. hello to uh Believer, uh MJ Pegasus Lawwin, all for resubscribing. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, okay. Wait, so no one's playing it. Gorsamith in the chat says it's true. The campaign is garbage. Everyone's waiting for the combined map. I didn't know this. I haven't... I did the first yeah. week, and then I noped out, because as we know, I had worlds to do, potentially WTC, and so the stress so, of that... Very responsible of you to not just double down and play more Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> so close. <laughs> Absolutely on the fucking line. Yeah. Very, very much a fork in the road there and like you're the donkeys pulling you down the warhammer three road like you're just you want to go it's just like your ghost is like escaping from your body i think i might have down. got more done if i'd have actually gone that way like i feel like it's you need it i don't know i i, I did not do well at the uh how best to organize yourself test uh the that you're given as a child and fail repeatedly through life oh you mean the the uh was it the is it the oreo test no marshmallow test. Yes. So they leave you alone in a oh, man, I would have failed that in ten seconds. I would have like gone to the next room, stolen the other kids' marshmallow as well. I'd be like, You guys know there's free marshmallows? Like, <laughs> <laughs> been bad. Outside selling the mar- Wait, do you, do you know the- <laughs> Guys are just leaving you alone with all these marshmallows, you idiots. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe because like I don't like because Total Three is just more like I know that do you know what I know about Total War Three? is I can go to it at any point. I don't feel like the need to complete it. Like, it's there. It's in my Steam library. I'm like, do you know what? When I get a free seven and a half years, it's in. So, so the old, like, I take the old glasses off here for this in-depth analysis. Um, the Total War Hammer 3 uh, all-time peak was 166,000 players at, at, in a given time. Yeah. Uh, a 24-hour peak was 7,000. Uh, currently playing 4,600. Okay. Is 4,000 low? I don't really know. Like, Feels that's... low. Like, like, if I'm looking at this chart and I'm thinking, is this a good chart? It does not look like a good chart. It hey. starts very high, and then it goes very low. Do you know what? That is a fascinating subject that you've just I brought up. I bet. I'm going, to, I'm going to pull up old Warhammer 2, and I'm going to bet Warhammer 2 is out for me. No way. Yeah, that's what someone in the chat has immediately said. While you're looking at that, I just crushing like crushing to... it, crushing it, doubled up. Current players are ten thousand. No, really? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense to me. Maybe, Maybe people I... are just waiting until it's cheaper. Mm, I don't know if it's even a cheapness thing because, like, lots of people bought it. Like, it it actually its peak is higher than um, Warhammer 2's all time peak. So okay. all time, so it's double actually. So when it launched, twice as many players played it than Warhammer Two. But oh, then immediately they're all like, "We're not playing this anymore." And I think it comes down to that campaign thing again. I've just been reading; I haven't, I haven't actually played it. But like, there's like a really dumb campaign mechanic where you keep getting sucked into the realm of chaos. Oh yeah, I remember that. That pissed me off. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what happened. Everyone's like, "Yeah, fuck this. I'm gonna go 
blame the one that's good. Yeah, and okay. it's also like everyone everyone should know that Warhammer Three will get good eventually. It's just not not there yet. Yeah, I guess it is all about doing those big epic campaigns, and you do want to just conquer the earth, right? To quote yeah. someone who I someone recently, <laughs> I went, uh, my girlfriend uh, went for some girl drinks uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they all girl bossed it up, and I met them yeah. at the end, uh, which is always danger, isn't it? Meeting up with them at the end of the of the evening. And uh, mm-hmm. and the the joke that they're all laughing at at that point, there was like, ah, every man inside every man is uh, is someone who thinks they could be the next Hitler. And I was like, really pondered that for a bit, and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe all men eventually just want to conquer the 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 mortal empires of the. I'm not sure, but that really stuck say, with me. They were loving it. I, they were cackling like like you. They were loving it. I think, uh, to my great relief, I think I've aged out of being the next Hitler at this point. <laughs> I don't, I the think potential to, to be. Start. Is that I'm what it is? Got to write a book. You got to do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't want to do that. Personally, it won't be me. Okay, good. Or me. Or me. But, but a uh, little side note, this has become a really popular trend in, uh, in computer games over the past uh, couple of years. Uh, oh, is this is this thing you just did about how many people are currently playing the game? Because people want to play a game that other people are playing, right? So they can be part of like a a mass consciousness, very much like I think everyone on Earth should go and see everything, everywhere, all at once. The best film I've ever seen. Yeah, you told me this. Okay. Everyone else is like, go see Top Gun. You're like, see this other movie. I was like, hmm, the other movie's probably better. <laughs> maybe but i mean top gun's meant to be good i haven't seen top gun right um but my uh <laughs> my point is is i think people are part of uh um came for the push bike riding but stay for the trash in a warhammer three thanks sarjeeves in the chat thank you i thank you for joining us live yeah um this has become a really popular trend hasn't it checking the metrics of how like how much a game is played i think until steam and some other stuff you really didn't have you, you knew copies sold but you didn't know how many people were currently playing the game an even more difficult thing to track on tabletop games i brought it back i fucking brought it back uh but do you, how do you feel about that? Because we've got the launch of the heresy at the minute. I personally think it's DOA. I think smash cut, yeah. smash cut a year, no one plays it. Everyone has it. Everyone might play it. No one plays it. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are um, you could do that if you ran all of your stuff through an app. Like if 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 certain companies wanted to be. Um, wanted to know what their player base was doing and what they might be interested in, they very well could, quite easily, I would say. So, anyway, we're not going to write a business model. That's obvious for anybody. Um, as far as Horus Heresy being DOA, here's a question I have. Okay, what yeah. about Necromunda? What about Blood Bowl? What about um, Adeptus Titanicus? All of these games are massively invested in, from our perspective, Yeah. I don't know people who are playing them. Is are the is this where the so-called garage gamers are spending all of their time? Um, you know, are they being played on a scale of because like 40k at least and AOS competitive players at least are at least um, you know they're uh, conspicuous. They go to events. They gather in places. We don't really know who you know in the in the far reaches of the bedrooms of of uh, of, of the markets of GW how many people are playing all these these things because there's no data on it that I'm aware of. Um, Yes, because sales-wise, I never see it broken out by game system. 
I will see the macro. Um, and GW keeps the rest close to their chest. It might also speak to just how incredibly high margin these things are that they don't actually have to sell a tremendous amount to uh, to like turn a profit on it. Um, mm. I would just suspect that there are games that they make most of their money from it. Oh yeah, so actually, that's kind of the the interesting. I, I guess like this is the the one bastion of like. I mean. I, I still think computer games far outstrip. I, so you know, because you did the research on this recently, tabletop games, and that's all games, that's not just Warhammer, f- like have a huge market share and a growing market share, especially during yeah. lockdown, but a massive market share. So like board games and stuff. James, who does the Monday Night Show with me, he just went to Games Expo. I would have loved to have gone, but I was rebuilding the studio. Next year is definitely on my list. But those uh, the board games and board game Kickstarters, etc., have exploded and skyrocketed. I think it's definitely something that people are more interested in generally. Um, that's, as... that's not a recent trend at all, by the way. No, I, I, I would to. say I would say though that I do think it's a I think it's a millennial bubble, and I've said this before. So I think it's us as millennials coming through as the dominant consumer market, and we have an affinity for non digital stuff. I don't know if that's necessarily something that that ob- obviously, like people from other generations, will still enjoy playing Warhammer and 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 tabletop games because they will. They're fun. There's reasons for why these games are awesome. Um, but I do wonder if like this very large, uh, you know, growth in the industry across all segments will continue, or if it's if it's more just people like us with a bit of time and a bit of money, um, you know, going out and doing playing the games. You know, uh, I think I think that. I think generally, like, like, because so there's also the rise of like board game cafes, like, which have become deeply popular here. Even my local bar, uh, so the one that's just up the road, um, and I've known those people for for, for years, like over a decade. They're, they're wonderful people. We talked about some stuff, and midday trade's always been a problem in kind of like uh, bar. Like, you're always paying for your retail space, but you aren't really like overutilizing it. So putting on events of any sort during the week has always been something that's really really popular. Um, and we even talked the other day because the guy that runs it Lau, wonderful person he's actually uh, a big eve online streamer uh, oh, oh yeah. no you know so he no he doesn't regularly stream but they they organize like a big eve online pvp event like once a year which has really big numbers um yeah. so so that's what he's always been involved with and i was like you guys should just do board games midweek like do a, a board game evening and i think it would go really well and he was like yeah i i agree i think that that would work uh, super well so i think some people are really real, realizing and utilizing that space um to produce things like that in the future obviously dnd is massive and all those other elements but is really difficult to track player numbers versus the gaming stuff especially because i feel like that metric has been something people have been using a lot to understand the market but also to produce more content and also more product in the future so i think that that's kind of like massively interesting that it's really difficult to pick up on there's some really interesting points in the chat uh just to touch what you were saying uh val wow i didn't know we get so techy um pete here, says so pete's over in northern ireland there'll be a metric shit ton of these new heresy box still unopened uh on the shelves in 12 months uh from now and i might be one of them do you agree well, that's all all box sets that ever get released. Yes, that's I true. mean, I still have my my orc box set uh, with with the uh, limited edition codex, which all the pages are cut out of for some reason. Um, uh, is still in a box somewhere back there. So yeah, no, I get it. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Neil points out, and I agree with him, because Blood Bowl, I think, does have a very easily understandable, like, you can you can track the... Because you can track the 40k and Age Sigmar community to a degree via events, like, at least growth. You know, if events are getting bigger, then there's growth. Even if you're not seeing all of your basement and garage gamers or your local gamers, you're not seeing that. You're at least seeing, like, tournament growth. You're, yeah, you're literally seeing growth of that segment of what? Exactly. Like that's the thing. Is like, are you are you growing are you growing the numbers within the the overall gaming pie, or are you uh, just growing your segment? You know, like it's you don't have, because we don't know all the 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 denominators here. It's it's kind of impossible to to make any real strong conclusions over this. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. In general, it's a guessing game. <clears throat> I agree. Um, and then, uh, but, but Blood Bowl's huge, 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 yes. huge. Like, I was at just, just a casual 400-person Blood Bowl event the other day in Nottingham. Like, that made no news. It was just like, huh, 400 Blood Bowl players. I was like, this is crazy. This yeah. is a lot of fucking dudes, like, uh, from all over. Uh, and I think the, the NAF Championships, I know there's Euro Bowl and other stuff, but I think NAF Championships is like 12, no, not, sorry, the international one, whatever the World Cup is, it's like 1,200 players. It's crazy. Yeah, it was well up. It was well over a thousand the last time I looked at it, and that would have been, you know, would have been one of the last pandemic ones because it was during the pandemic that I looked at it. Uh, Four thousand at the World Cup, says Chad. That's wild. <laughs> that, um, right? That's crazy. <laughs> but even things like Underworlds, like I've I've said out loud that like Underworlds is is you know not not a great game. Other people have contradicted me and said that like great game from sales. I think it's a, a really fantastic concept and and a cool game. Um, at least when I played the first edition of it, um, and uh, but I was corrected. Apparently, you know, it's popular in areas. So I don't know. I guess the answer is it's really, really hard to tell. And also, again, I think my my other point is they. I, I don't think they probably have to really sell a ton of this stuff to turn profits on it because their margin is so high. Um, yeah, but I'm not. And that's really... something they break about constantly. Is 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 just how how like how big their their um, how big their up. margin is. Oh, this is a GW thing specifically. Yeah, GW specifically, and because the, the GW, you know, like a lot of the baked-in costs that other other places would have, which is, you know, like we need artists, we need manufacturing capability, we need blah blah blah, we need blah blah blah. They they are vertically integrated in the sense that they can just do it. So the cost of bringing a product to market for them is going to be much lower than it would be for a startup or a Kickstarter. I would think. Yeah, interesting, because James's experiences with meeting a lot of these indie developers was, was I think, genuinely very fascinating over the course of uh, the weekend. I would have loved to have gone and go to more trade I think I'm just, I think I might exclusively go to as many trade shows as I can in the future, exclusively. I don't know what it's exclusive from, but I might, <laughs> like, exclusively uh, other than, like, other venues. I will only go to a venue if there's a trade show. I refuse to go to other. <laughs> Happy to talk to you about it offline, bud. But uh, I think uh, emphatic yes. I think that is a very good call. Oh yeah, but like um, uh, yeah. So I think there's some. Uh, what, what is that to me? Hmm. Is that to me? The chat. Underworld is either popular or it's not. It's a polar polarizing game. Oh, do you have you played Underworlds? Me years ago. I I I I think I impulse bought the whole first first set. So Shadespire. I really liked it. I thought I was going to play it against my sister a lot because my sister and I, she's six years older than me, and we grew up playing like like games against each other, especially actually once like we were older and like sort of still living around the house. And uh, but we had like a game group, so we'd play Catan and other games, and and uh, eventually like I don't know that game group fell apart. And I thought Underworld is a good two-player game, so I started playing. I tried to play it against her, 
um, sort of like played two games where like she just uh, you know trounced me because I didn't have my foot on the gas at all. And then third game, I like tried a little bit. She lost and was like, I'm never playing this game again. So that was uh, that was the end of my Underworlds experiment. Amazing, amazing. I uh, I played it. I played it when it wasn't even a game. Like it was the the written out cards at yeah. Games Workshop, and then they were like, "What do you think of this?" And I was like, "Well, it's fine. I'm not going to play it." And they were like, "Why? Why? Why isn't it brilliant?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Like, that's that's on you. <laughs> I don't know why." <laughs> Like, I was like, fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is that that's an okay thing to say? I think, right? It is okay because it it probably wasn't for you. I've said it a bunch of times. I think it was a genius genius product because it's along with maybe Kill Team and maybe Warcry, a game that they can sell in card shops. And in North America, hobby stores are card stores. So you need you need a game that like you can fit on a little bit of shelf space that's pretty modular that isn't like is like hobby adjacent so they're push fit minis you don't need skills to be able to put them together and the game itself is really crunchy i thought it was really i really liked it actually um so i again i you know i was doing other i do other stuff um but i i thought that was what it was for and um i would think i i have i've heard from other places i can't even remember where now that you know the the certainly the sales team does like them because i've said things like you know Shade, uh, to me, Underworlds could be a company. Like that could be someone's only game. Uh, and there's lots of like marketing execs that I'm sure would be thrilled to to be able to go out there and push that game. So yeah, mm. interesting. But I think that's like every segment. That's like almost every line that this company has. Um, you know, they're all like they're all really close to like best in class, um, especially in their in, in in this little segment. Yeah, I yeah, I just it, it didn't it didn't really vibe with me, but I guess because it wasn't yeah. an overarching story, I felt like, but maybe there was, and I just missed it. I don't know. Um, okay, I think but... actually, just that's a cool thing because for me, like when, when I'm t- like, so I could have started fiddling around with AOS instead of Eighth uh, Edition, but for me, it's the same thing. The the AOS story, I guess I have also put zero effort into it, but for whatever reason, just has never hooked me, right? Like, it's never there's never been something that 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 captured me and like mm. really got my mind on fire about it. I think the reason why Underworlds was a bit different for me and from that perspective was that because it was it was always brought in mechanics first. It's a game first or like like a, like most CCGs they have like flavor text and artwork, but it's a game first. So I didn't really have that that problem with immersion with it, I guess. Yeah. But I think that's it, an interesting point. Like what gets you into a game? Like something like fantasy for me it's like the world. The world brought me into the game. Um, and being immersed in it through all kinds of cool PC experiences really got me interested in playing with toys. So. Yeah, one of my only uh, like gaming interests, obviously, like other than like things like I don't know Total War or Elden Ring or like you know kind of like your, your classic console AAA games outside of like the Warhammer ecosystem or gaming ecosystem, and I've started to get into Marvel and I've started to get into Star Wars Legion. Um, has been Legends of Rune Terror, which is a, a trading card game that you can get as like a, uh, you know, it's like um, Magic Online sort of thing. But it's based off the, um, uh, oh God, League of Legends, like ecosystem and, you know, kind of narrative universe, uh, which then obviously they've then got the Arcane show now on mm-hmm. um, on Netflix, which was fantastic. And I really enjoyed it. But I actually played that game since day one. And uh, I was never, I never, I, I really enjoyed all of it. I enjoyed the communication. Like, it's what, like, I, I haven't, again, like I say, been involved in many game systems outside of, like, uh, like AAA games, which are not really, 
I think they have more kind of like community focus, community manager things nowadays um, than when I first started playing. But um, I haven't really done like much. I played a lot of WoW as well, I guess. That was a time in my life. But recently, that's the only like kind of like company slash game system that has been really um, uh, effective on me. Like I've been, I've stuck with that game for like nearly two years. I just think it's fantastic. And oh, I think it's, Yeah, I think it's really, really fun. Like really engaging, easy to pick up, put down, like a nice little commute or whatever. Uh, but the, the, the thing for me is, is I don't really mind who's playing, not playing it because I'm enjoying it. But at the back of my mind, I know that there's loads of people playing it because I know the subreddit's busy. I know that, that League of Legends is obviously fucking massive. And I do wonder how much that, that affects people wanting to play these games, that kind of like consistent player base number usage. Because similar for 40K, right? Like whenever you talk about 40K, it's just that much bigger than, let's say, Age of Sigmar, which is that much bigger than Lord of the Rings. And uh, I do wonder if the consistent player base is probably the key selling point at this stage. Because you can go, you, you know, in America, for instance, or, or where you are, you can go to any city in the world and probably find someone to play 4K with, which is great. Go to a lot of, you go to a lot of, fuck, Peter, Peter's uh, spot in northern Alberta had a, had a 40K gaming club, you know. So, so, you know, like, you can go to a lot of towns and, and play um, especially cold ones without really great uh, summers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Inside people. And like in Australia, you have the other other half, which is like outside is just on fire for half the year. So like places where you have to be inside a lot, I think you will always find like the cabal, cabals of, 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 uh, of tabletop gamers because it's just what you do. But I mean, to get back to your, uh, I think what kicked all this off, which was like the ability to track, um, you know, interest, you know, yeah. through something like I was looking at what was like Steam charts or whatever, um, you know, and, and active like active players and things. I think some of the tools you just suggested there about trying to judge how active, a, you know, a player base is, you know, subreddits, YouTube videos and, and content like that is a good way to to, to see. Um, because I have to assume that anyone who's, you know, interested in a game at this point or or wanting to, to do something, generally speaking, will will hit the Internet. I, I would think somewhere around the first step to find out more about it. So yeah, th those are good ways to bellwether a game. And I also like to think of like traditional media, especially like the era of, of cable channels that was like just before cord cutting started happening where you had like all of these specialty channels that were coming out constantly and stuff like that. And I really wonder if like something like the honest war game or like probably dummies, like a, a good chunk of <laughs> like those channels. Like you just don't know, how many people are ever watching that, you know, like there's like, you can only do you like, we know exactly right now there's 120 people watching us. Yeah. If we were, if this was on TV, we could just assume there were 120,000 people watching us. There are yeah. 12,000 people watching us, you know, like whatever, like there, there's, there's no real ironclad way to do it except for with statistics and surveys. Uh, whereas in our, in the modern world, like with new, new media, you know exactly what your audience is. You know exactly who your audience is. You know what your demographics are. It's 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 a very wild and different game, I think. In that, it's weird. Like, and I assume that they use sales as their metric to like to work out like, which is feels terrible to work out like because it's odd, right? Like, I like you know like with modern like just comparing them both. I don't know. You just brought it up, and I was like, you know, what? I never really thought about how they track actual player base because that, I think that's really relevant with the launch of Heresy. I think it's really relevant. 
like really, really relevant with the launch of Heresy and where that's going to go. Because lots of people, and this is, sorry, not lots, most people buy minis and will never put them on the tabletop to play a game. Aspirational never. stuff. Aspirational yeah. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And that portion of the community is valuable and they can, they can like, it's not really an element that I'm always like, why would you get them to not put them on the table and play the game? Like, it's a game to have fun. But, like, I understand the different points of view, of course, and they're all valid. If, if there was a game that I could totally understand being really hobby-driven, i.e., like, people... Because like, whenever the argument used to be that, um, you know, uh, it's not actually uh, gamers that drive sales, it's it's hobbyists. That always sounded stupid to me, because why would a hobbyist buy, you know three of anything you know why would a hobbyist need a hundred brats or whatever right like a hobbyist probably needs 10 and then like they've done that kit and they're and they're feeling good mm. or is heresy if you're like into heresy and you're hobbying to sort of recreate something much like a historical gamer would i could very i could very well see that like there would be people who engage with that to like build their legion uh, or whatever and may or may not ever intend to bring that onto the table and they just wanted to you know make those things um, or, or have those toys that match the, you know, the theater of the mind that they've been enjoying for however many thousands of books as this uh, epic comes to a conclusion. So heresy's interesting. I think, I don't know. I've, I've felt the, the first time ever, and it's probably due to an excellent marketing campaign. And by the way, that box is insane. It is insane. Like from, from like a, this is a very much a, uh, uh, a the um, psychological, uh, mind trick of anchoring when it comes to value so we know what <laughs> tell me tell me what, some stuff i like to learn well we know what 300 bucks usually gets us right so like if we see a lot more for that 300 bucks suddenly that's a deal it still costs them a nickel to make you know what i mean in either case but like but like i don't know if you've seen any unboxing videos of the of the horse heresy box but it is like an overwhelming amount of plastic it is crazy amount of sprues in there I like. So I mean this. I mean this in the sweetest way, right? Nice. I cannot fathom the idea of going. I'm going to watch someone open a box. Never. I don't know. I, watched, I don't uh, have I watched, that bit connected in my brain. Okay. I watch Uncle Adam, who is okay. one of uh, one of my favorite. He watches the show. Guys. He watches the show, and he's always been such a just a great. Midwestern guy to chat with because he feels like he's a Canadian to me at every con I've ever run into him at. So I love him. And uh, he was doing, he actually wrote his clickbait that got me was, Who is this box set for? And uh, it really, I think it was more, it was a, more of a, wound up being more of a standard unboxing and, and look at the stuff that I got sent kind of video, which is great. I'm I got a question for you. Like, and uh, we haven't watched it, but did he ahead. ever actually make a point? <laughs> in that particular one yes. i don't th I, I think he maybe maybe not i think he, he concluded that it was he concluded that it was for someone who wanted an army it wasn't like a you split with your pals type of box set uh it wasn't it wasn't like a it wasn't like tremendously uh insightful and that's fine i like uncle adam i'll watch his videos i like him watching him ramble he reminds me of myself sometimes <laughs> <laughs> So, I, yeah, sometimes, uh, I sometimes I'm at the end of a video because I've watched several local art videos. So at the end, this is not a criticism. But at the end, and I'm like, wait, did did you actually make a? Did you decide on a conclusion? I don't know. 
It's like up to yeah. the point of, you know? <laughs> but yeah, that's the conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. In this particular case, it was it was it was an impressive amount of, of plastic in there. And honestly, I'm pretty sure I don't know if someone else can. Uh, you absolutely do want to have a beer with Uncle Adam. He is a really nice guy and interesting guy too. Um, uh, but like, this is a box. I think that like, I, I don't know. Does anyone know? I feel like it's an army. How many points is it? Like, it's half an army. Add, it's half an army. That's a thousand points. Fifteen hundred heresies played at three k. Wow, that's that's three thousand, eh? So you need what? Three thousand, eh? Hey, bud, three thousand, eh? <laughs> what? Do you, you not know 3, that? Three thousand points to play Horus Heresy? They didn't change that. No, no. I mean, you don't. I mean, of course you, you can play. How? Of course you don't need to. You don't, you play yeah. at any level, but generally events and or like th- it was written as three thousand points. Wow. Mm. Well, okay, so that kind of takes the wind out of the whole getting people into the hobby sales. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's, the reason is- the reason is is because way back way back when Alan Bly wrote it, having attended several Horus Heresy weekenders where you sat and listened to him and the other game designers and creators actually talking about it, which was incredibly valuable. And I wish Games Workshop still did stuff like that because you mm. got to actually hear what their thoughts were. Their thoughts were really simply. We like it's meant to be total destruction, a war. Like when you bring, when you bring, like I don't know, like a not a thud gun, I can't remember what it's called, demolish a cannon, kind of like big tank. Yeah, that big pie plate. Like when they fired those in the story, they annihilated units. So like right. you know, and you're running around with with units of twenty marines in a go. Um, like and 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 obviously in forty k ten is the standard, right? So like it's it was just a bigger kind of it was a more zoomed out game system where just yeah, like this is yeah, yeah yeah bigger, uh, and so they had more points for it, which was good. And they also wanted to let you include like a bunch of like because it gives sure. you some nice scale as well, right? Because then you can write a primarch into the rules because then even if he's a thousand points, it's a third of an army as opposed to. Like I, I understood it. I thought I, I think it made sense personally. Maybe it was just bollocks, but I believed him. I thought it was true. Yeah, actually, and, and honestly, three thousand points in heresy could scale differently than three thousand points in other games, right? Like, so it's, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But uh, yeah, but just as a as a potential Horus Heresy player, which I guess in some respects I am because I've never played it. Um, you know, like immediately, I was like, "Man, I need that much." You know, like to go like that box. To me, that box looks like it should be enough. That box should be enough to play Force Heresy, mm. um, or be very close anyway. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's cool. But anyway, like like but but that just goes to show. Like I have con- considered that box a bunch of times in my head, um, and then immediately dismissed it. I would also say that I am particularly. I know this is something that gets shit on a ton. Uh, I don't mind the seventh edition rules. Um, and I know that this is like, this is, everyone talks about how it's like, who could go back and play that instead? I think at this point, can't we agree that we've seen like the pros and cons of, of what the eighth edition, you know, simplifications were and that in a lot of cases they didn't actually simplify anything. They just changed where they wrote the rules down. Um, and that like, I think like things like USRs are still, I think a valuable thing that we could have had, like, you know, instead we have. You know, a billion different 
phrases and words for for whatever deep strike actually is you know like i feel like seventh edition rules aren't that awful um they just also had some very poor in uh, like what would you call it interior balance i see this for example being a scholar now of of eighth edition fantasy (laughs) eighth edition fantasy also called an arcane and really difficult thing to learn the rule book is a rule book but it's not it's not absurd there's lots of obtuse like pieces of it like how multiple units in combat work that's kind of dumb how complicated it is there's all these little subsections and there are also balanced things that were to me pretty blatantly obviously not great so things, you know, things that like caused the game, the people who played the game to think it was stupid that could have easily just been errated or fixed. I think seventh edition probably has a similar thing where like the core rule, there's nothing really that wrong with the, with, with the core rules uh, if you clean them up. And it sure sounded like even one of the early drafts of, sorry, even when they redid some of the rules um, for the original heresy, they fixed up a lot of the stuff that uh, was wrong with seventh edition. Namely, invisibility and things like that. Um, so anyway, I think like it's not necessarily a, a rule set that is like so unwieldy as to be you know impossible to use or like without any merit. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I think what I have said this previously on the show: seventh is cool for people who are already going to collect seventh um, and like do the seventh rules, but it doesn't really follow any modern game design in any way. And they already know about those modern game design elements because they do Warcry, you know, they do Kill Team. Uh, so is it like forty k? Well, I, I, I think, I think, I think you're right about so. Like, the, I don't think you're right about oversimplification. I don't think oversimplification was the issue. I think what it was is all the crap that they additionally tacked on top, which was way I, too much. I should have bunny-eared oversimplified. That was how it was built. It was built as a same thing as AOS. This is a simplified game. Whereas yeah. I think what they then did was they just scattered the rules to the to the other to other places. But it's still just as like. You know, it's just still just as much of a mess rules-wise as as any of their games has ever been. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I just, I just, I just personally think that like there's a there's a future where it's much easier. Like the thing that I think is always of interest to me and lots of people. What's what I like. I I don't know. I don't know if I have like even a core philosophy anymore. Like on what I am trying to achieve with what the content I make is, but. I do know the things that I find valuable are when people just get together and play games. I feel like a lot of like barriers are dropped. I feel like there's a lot of like communication. I feel like people become friends. I feel like it's just incredibly rewarding and valuable. And ultimately, like so recently, um, I've been looking at loads of 3D sculptures, as you know. Rob, shut up about 3D prints. But uh, they provide a bunch of fifth edition modules, rules-wise, with the minis, right? And they're super easy to read. They're like, and they're free. Like, like fifth edition D and D. Yeah, fifth edition D and D. Yeah. So like, so I'm I'm opening up this set of minis. I'm like, oh, they're cool, or I like that one. And then I read the the free PDF, which is I don't know twelve pages, maybe more, maybe less, depending on who it is, right? And it's super simple stuff. But I'm just like, that's cool. Oh, I like that. That's cool. That's fun. And now the idea of playing a D and D campaign which has never interested me i've never been interested in playing D, but if you tell me that we can play D, but i can push miniatures around right i'm much that's more done but anyway you what, what do you say sorry <laughs> no just apparently like that's why like you see all these wicked terrain and kits that have like interiors and like people are making dollhouse furniture and shit like it's because in D, like if you're like a super dedicated G- dm apparently you do that 
Yeah, I, I could I could it's see cool that. Be- me. Yeah, I could see like but what I'm trying to get at is is I like the physicality of of, of mini- the miniatures game. Yes. I like I like it. I like but like meeting up with people and doing that element of it. So I yeah. think that's maybe my core values whatever that means for content I make. But um uh so the thing with something like heresy where it's older game stuff is i really can't see this new generation of hobbyists who i see online a lot like very online hobbyists who um don't generally tend to play as many games or or go to tournaments or anything like that but they make Mm -hmm. a lot of content and a lot of people are watching their content so they are forming communities which is nice and lovely. I just find that odd. By hobbyists, do you mean like literal hobbies? Because I do notice on, Twi- on Twitter, for whatever reason, Twitter recommends a lot of hobby um, like people, like Twitterers. Uh, and uh, and so, like, is that what you mean, like literal hobbyists, or do you just mean like people who come at the games a little bit differently? Uh, I think I haven't fully th- formed this thought. So if if I say something and you guys are, would like to challenge me on it, then obviously feel. I mean that's true for everything I say. Um, right here, man. Uh, yeah, right here is. I think that, I think that there's a lot of people now where Warhammer is so big and it's such a mm-hmm. like a huge kind of like market that you have a lot of people who are like a very socially mobile online like so there's a lot of social influence i guess would be the right way to describe it um and then they are inside that ecosystem of being a hobbyist in addition right Mm -hmm. or maybe like and therefore you end up with very large cultures around like these personalities as always happens but Mm -hmm. in the past not to be a moaner of the past and ignoring the future um is you know when you were watching tabletop tactics they're all playing games right like you know if that makes sense they were all putting the minis down playing games like and you know would attend events and stuff like that and i personally think um uh, yeah, Dan Brookie has got it right. It's, I'm, I'm really talking about Instagram influencers that don't really do, like, I don't think they do anything, but that's a whole different convo for the future. Um, and, but again, not a fully formed thought, but... I, don't know. I, I think I think for whenever you're listening to a, you know, a wank show or maybe it's a new guest, a lot of people will ask, uh, you know, what, how do you get into the hobby? Invariably, I think almost to a, 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 a person... Well, either they played HeroQuest, which I never did, or they walked into a place and they saw it for the first time. And, like, they saw, like, miniatures on a table and it was happening and they went, what the hell is this? It just just captures your imagination. There is, like, that theater. Maybe it's that... Maybe it's that little Hitler inside of all of us that... uh, that Or maybe it's just... I don't know, like... Maybe it just looks cool. Like there's something about miniatures that that people have a thing for, always have. Um, and you know, there's something really. And to me, there was also something really cool, and I can't even put words on it. But one of the things actually that got me so into it as a kid who, like, up until that point, I played Monopoly, maybe Risk, played Magic, was the idea of measurement. So the idea of the fact that your piece is operating in three dimensional space actually mattered that they could be out of range and they were physically out of range there was just something really really cool about that to me um so like all of those things are things that help people get into it but i think the number one element would be exposure and i think if you want to get people to play if you're in an area and there's no one you know if let's say you're starting a system that has been dead for seven years or something so for instance I, i think uh 
a, a good thing is to accept that you will have no one to play against unless you have something for them to play with. So you need to have an opposing force, you know, you, you know, to, to get people to play. So like removing barriers, uh, I think is, is, is really, really essential. And a lot of that would include like, if you're trying to get underworlds going, have a couple different underworlds teams, just play at a really basic level. If you, you know, I like always have something for others to play with because I think it's interesting how like deeply personal, like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like people tend to be like, okay, oh, you want to play 40k? Well, you got to get this, 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 and this. To me, it's more like, you want to play 40k? Come over. I've got an army. You can use it. You know, like that. I think that's probably how you get people to play. Or like, you know, I like don't don't start with you need you need to buy two horse heresy boxes. Start with use half of mine, and we'll 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 get playing. And like, I think if someone gets a taste for it, before you know it, they're like scrounging secondhand sites, figuring out how to 3D print stuff. Going down to games workshops, spending a bunch of money, you know, like I think that that kind of happens pretty organically once you get into it because it just gets into your it just gets into your imagination. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I think there's some really good really good points being made there. Something for me to because I agree, I agree. I really want to kick off some uh, some uh, some local Nottingham communities. That's kind of one of my goals for the later half of this year. Um, and which I think we're at now, so good luck to me. Um, and uh, yeah, one of my goals is to kick off a bunch of communities here around the arena, especially for different game systems. Um, not yeah. too bothered in Titanicus, although I've heard it's brilliant. Um, and I think I'm a little bit more interested in, you know, kind of other game systems like MCP and, and, and um, uh, Star Wars. Uh, so that's kind of one of my goals this year because um, obviously already plugged into the AOS and 40k communities pretty well. So that's fine. I don't need any part of that. Um, but I, I like, I don't know where we were with this convo. I don't know where we were. But I think I think kind of the thrust of the point was, I think that in order to get some of those people on tables, at events, in gaming stores, playing games, the ga- the rules could probably be a little bit more effective at doing that as opposed to what I see as a Warhammer veteran, I guess, at this point, um, a 7th edition rules being like, I really can't be asked to go back and learn it. Like, like it's a, it's probably a no from me. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's fine. I just think it, it's not necessary. Like, another thing about all of these things is that I think a lot of the things that we assume are bugs are actually features. So stuff like barrier to entry, uh, stuff like hard to learn, um, or the like the right groups of people I think are actually not even the right for, for a lot of people that is something that makes you part of something right so like if I go through all the trouble of making myself a, a 2,000 point army and I show up at a, at a convention and I speak and I've gone through the trouble of learning essentially a language which is warmer 40,000 or AOS or whatever um, you know I, I have become part of something you know that, that I'm now participating in so it's not just like something I can I can't just hop into a you know, I can't install it on my computer and be playing in 30 seconds. There's less, you're, you're less tied to that game. You know, you don't really care much about that game. Um, I think something like Total War, once you get over that learning curve and you invest 20 hours into a campaign, yeah, I'm a little bit invested in Warhammer 2. Like, I feel, I feel like a great affinity to it because I've lived there for a long time. You yeah. Know, like, Warhammer's the same. So, like, I think the fact that the things are hard are actually, is, yes, that might, that might filter out some people. But for those who are, you know, again, their imagination's been captured or peaked, it actually becomes a feature rather quickly. Yeah. Where wow. like each, each, each sort of like, like I mean, look at both of us, right? We, like, we have progressed probably as far down the the Warhammer tree as you possibly can. Like we've, you know, uh, 
organize significant portions of our lives around it, your entire life around it. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, we both have dedicated spaces to it. You know, we spend a lot of time thinking, talking and doing it. Um, you know, that's just sort of where it can go. And, uh, which leads me to the, um, this sounds like the sunk cost fallacy. (laughs) Uh, only if you keep doing it because you, you feel like you have no other choice. The good thing, too, is the wonderful resale value of a lot of Warhammer stuff is pretty good. <laughs> so, That's true. You can get out if you want to. Yeah, you, you can. A lot of people do sell stuff off, like which is pretty good. Um, yeah, like I, I, I think that's that's important. I, and I think there's always new people in it as well. Got yeah. It, I, I, just the sunk cost concept? I think the sunk cost is the, is the social group. You're that, correct. That, me, that is that's what actually it is. Hell yes, yeah. and I guess that's maybe why I think uh, missing a trick in making those social groups form like better, like oh maybe I don't know. I just think that there's something incredibly rewarding emotionally, emotionally from making friends and going to events. Like yes. I just, I just think I like. I honestly think like it's like a good thing. I having played lots of computer games. I, I've also been involved in this industry way before I got up into Warhammer. When I did nightclubs, <laughs> like I had a like a real kind of moment in my twenties when I was like, I, what I'm doing is useless. I'm doing something completely useless. I'm just getting people out, getting them drunk. They're getting fucked up on drugs. They're just like out. They're wrecking their lives, and like it's not useful. But over the course of like, and I had like a real, it was like a year when I was having just like a super hard time with the, it as a, as a, as a, as a job. Yeah. You weren't throwing people down the stairs with the same enthusiasm anymore. (laughs) Just sort of just shout, give them a nudge down. It was a different time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, I um I had a really hard time with it, and it, it took a it took a bunch of time and a bunch of my friends and uh and a bunch of experiences for me to really realise that actually people working their their job as a doctor or a nurse or whatever underpaid undervalued uh, job we have in society other than billionaires um <laughs> needed something to like like to 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 dust off that kind of like feeling they needed some sort of like chaos or you know something fun and something enjoyable to do uh, and it only well, at that point connected bars too right like, like that's that's a thing that happens in all sorts of ways you know like it is it is a place of social interaction that you don't like the places in our lives where we can legitimately go meet strangers are pretty limited yeah. um you know bars yeah. are one of them for me warhammer conventions are another you know that's what I'm trying to get at. That's what I'm trying to say. I think, like, I think I at some point pivoted to being like, well, do you know what? This feels like a, at least at least a more valuable like way of of like of, of getting people together. And I think getting people together is kind of that core concept. And yeah, like, yeah. and and that's an incredibly heavy-handed way of saying I don't like seventh edition fucking Horus Heresy rules. <laughs> like, hey man, you're attacking the fabric of society by not making easier rules. That's not what I, <laughs> I guess. Wow. I guess I guess for me, if if there was a if there was a group of people who were into it enough and were like like worth it to hang out with and the content is something that like captures your imagination, what I'm saying is there isn't really a barrier, right? Like like bad rules have never stopped us before. Bad rules Good point. was a threat to, to, to this hobby or this this pastime <laughs> wouldn't exist. Um, so like, uh, you know, I, that, that's all I'm saying. And by the way, Rob, like you could not like seventh edition rules. That's totally fine by me. Like it's, I, I understand like they, they are clunky. So like, that's, that's not an issue. I'm just saying like, I think for some people, 
they're going to be like you, and others are going to be like, what's the big deal? This game, this game rocks, and I think it's just finding the right people for the right things. That's true. Um, That's true. Yeah. That's true. I think it was a pretty easygoing guy. I think a lot of us hate seventh edition because of someone brought it up. Like basically, two things really, really fucked it up. One, one was Gathering Storm at the end of it with like Yanari and all that nonsense, where they were just like, screw it, let's break it, and make sure no one ever wants to come to this town again. And uh, and it seems like they succeeded very well. Yes. Yeah, I think that uh, the they they had a good time of blowing up their own world so they could sell us a new version. I think that's definitely true. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Like, because I'm kind of interested in whether we do end up seeing our 200, 400, 500 person Horus Heresy events in the future. And I know some people are oh. going to shout at me and say, Rob, that's not how you play the heresy. And as someone who's already been to Horus Heresy events, fuck you. Yeah, yeah and, that's, like... that, that, and that person hasn't been to the LVO like three years ago. Where like it, it was easily, it was easily over a hundred. Could have been over two hundred for all I know. Like oh really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'll but ask, I'll ask I'll ask old Reese and Frankie uh, what the numbers are like. But uh, they're big, and like those events aren't like the forty k event. There is like a you know like it's like a big group narrative thing, and the you know, stuff happens round around, and it's kind of a fun thing that you do. It's like there's a forty k narrative event too that's also enormous. Yeah, the Horus Heresy tables were always wild to go look at because all the armies were um, beautifully pre- uh, beautifully painted Chinese resin. It was uh, so it looked great, smelled bad. <laughs> I think they've closed those those stores down now. They're unable to uh, produce those elements. I'm not sure how it works. Um, Someone I knew once was on a, an email uh, list for one of those purveyors. I'm sure has not been shut down. And that purveyor sent out their Christmas catalog and forgot to DCC everyone. And then someone I knew counted everyone on it. And it was like 20,000 people for one letter of the alphabet. What? <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. It was wild. Mm, it was like no. the, the, mail, the mailing list was huge mungus. Actually, 20,000 is an exaggeration because I think you can't send that many people. Um, but it was one letter of the alphabet and it was thousands and thousands of people. That's crazy. That's yeah. that's wild. And that's amazing. That's, that's okay. That's cool. All right. Well, I don't know. Sorry about that. We got we went somewhere weird with that, which was just we wasn't was it light hide? Who knows? Somewhere. I don't know. It was heresy. To your point. To your point. By the way, one of the reasons why I I you know essentially I volunteer my time for the most part with with frontline gaming Me to do their do their their shows and go to their events and cover them is because. They, to me, created events and a system that added a tremendous amount of value to my life. Made me meet first place I ever met you was at a was at a frontline gaming event. You know, yeah. like they like for me, they were doing something that was valuable, uh, and so that's why I support them. There's nothing more to it than that. So, so yeah, like these things are meaningful in a weird way. I don't know why Warhammer became the organizing, uh, you know, lodestone of my life, but it did, and uh, you know. I'm I'm richer for it. Yeah, I do. One of the things I really like about events is I also get to see everyone else's stuff. Yeah, like that's cool. Like when you like see other like I I love going to a tournament and I just walk around and I look at every army and I'm just like this is cool. I just think it's super fun. I like love that. Um, and I wish I do wish events had like real good terrain, like like you know like show-stopping terrain just so that yeah. when it all happened it felt like you know you just were like well fuck look how cool this board is these minis look great you know that sort of element like, and i know that that's 
practically unfeasible. But that's the one missing component for me because I think every other element is really cool, um, and like, and I would love to see that. But that's probably unlikely to happen in the future. But still, it's fun. next time you're next time you get out to the LVL, which will be someday. Um, go check out the Horus Heresy tables, man. Like they they are they are beautiful armies on beautiful tables and. Yeah, MDF terrain haphazardly spray painted uh, to to get onto a tournament table isn't isn't the greatest, but um, yeah, I think we can all understand why that is the way it is. Also, yeah, that is the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay, great, uh, lovely. Uh, so, anyone got any questions? Or, or how you got to go? Are we getting on to time? Nah, I'm I'm pretty good. We we got seven minutes. The chat I've got nine... to say. Let's see what yeah, the chat got to say. So Heresy's out. Now. There's some 40k leaks, FYI. No CP, no starting, no starting warlord traits, oh, yeah. no relics. Pete would love this. This is all Pete's like Pete's jam. So RIP, uh, like love Pete. I hope you see you soon. Well, we did briefly talk about it in our threads. So why don't we just take his ideas and comments and use them as our own? Which is what I've basically made a, a career out of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this would not be the first time that uh, that old Val Heffelfinger has co-opted uh, uh, Peter the Falcon's opinions. So let me just see here a second. I haven't had a chance to read about it on Goonhammer either. So like, I have no opinions formed yet. Um, uh, so it, so Pete's thoughts are. Oh no, that's you. You were saying it, you're all for restrictions. Pete said, yes. "Yeah, if you go with Bare Bones Battalion, you're looking at starting with four CP. Uh, with a two CP return per isn't terrible, but can't front load a ton of damage from particular combos." seems seems sensible right yeah no it does i think though like my big question is how much of the game because i actually this is an honest question chat perhaps you can help how much of the game is really pivoting right now on powerful stratagem juice versus um just army special rules faction special rules and game mechanics i think i think no cp gets you about as close as you can get to there being no stratagems which is huge in my opinion and and correct as the future so but my thing is like how how pivotal are or how how powerful are strategies? Because I get the sense like there's layers on layers of rules now, right? So like you have a generally speaking, you have an army special rule or two, and you have a faction special sub faction special rule or two, and then you know then the data slates themselves have have rules. So like just even if we said no stratagems, there would still be a few layers of rules. And I'm curious to know how much of the power of 40k these days is coming from stratagems i think Whereas, it, like, say, I think it has edition, done i think it has done for ages in eighth edition like you were fighting twice you were shooting twice yeah. you were coming back from the dead like you, these were like real strong like like value adds whereas i don't think you get that as much in ninth edition so but i don't know what you're getting i'm, I'm like literally shooting in the dark so i think the problem is is like is like when you're so angle makes a good point uh, spamming stratagems early can be overbearing sometimes, but the bigger problem by far is just armies being too strong even without strats. But yeah. when you have strats in, you can't really... St- like, if you don't have strats, you can be like, okay, this army is too strong. But right now you have the conversation of, this army is too strong because that stratagem adds to this unit that does this thing. And you're like, okay, so we can't point it. Do we point it like you're going to do the stratagem? Or do we point it like you're not going to the stratagem and give you the choice of working how to do the really easy, this stratagem says this unit's name, I'm going to do it sort of combination. Um, And what do I do? I personally think that you should basically do away with the stratagems completely. Um, And I don't mind there just being some generic effects like you have in AOS where you use some CP4 to give you some 
authority or some some uh, mechanics. Just change it to alternating activations, uh, strip a bunch of stuff back, and you've got a great little game. Probably. Uh, and it's called uh, Warmer 40,000 Apocalypse, and you can probably buy it in a remainder bin right now for nothing. Um, I, w- I would also say, um, what the hell was I about to say? I read a funny comment. We were talking about strat. Oh, um, what you were talking about there about, um, you know, like the value of the unit is whatever the unit is, like the data slate. Mm. And I think one of the one of the guiding principles or one of the things that kind of made seventh at the end of it really bad and why eighth was so refreshing was you were paying for your rules again. So like there were all these formations and stuff that were basically giving you either free units or free power, free rules that were not reflected in the points cost. So you had just like de facto imbalance because of the way the the rule set was working there. When you got to 8th edition, I think the idea was like, okay, we're going to pay for the things that we use in the game. And this went farther in AOS, I think, um, than it ever did in 40K. But I think one of the issues that you get with having issues with, with balance is if you're not paying for benefits that you have, it's, also, it's hard to, to bake them into the cost. Mm. Especially when you have like so many layers of sub-faction rules, which will really change the value of a given unit significantly. Um, you know, it's very, very hard to price these things. And this is strange to me because, again, wearing the fantasy hat, the fantasy is a really cool thing to have gotten into because I can compare current game design to what it was 12 years ago. 12 years ago, you paid for everything, right? There were very few, they're very, like, all magic, all, all items had different points costs associated with them. You know, like, there was an attempt to at least associate everything with a cost, you know, to bring into your list. Um, there was very little that was unaccounted for um, as far as like trying to set up a pitch battle was concerned. If you're yeah. not so worried about, if, you, if, you're, if you're okay with asymmetry, like saying something like Horus Heresy, you would be okay with that because it's a narrative game. It's fine. It doesn't matter. In games like 40K, which is largely played in a pitch battle, you know, compet- match play competitive type perspective, uh, pickup game situation, you want to be as equal footing as possible. And it, becomes very hard to do when you have so many layers of rules changing the value of, of a data slate. I, I'm with you. I like, like, I love, I, do you know what I loved about paying points for, uh, I don't know, uh, the fucking wizarding hat, yeah, or uh, like a flying Just, carpet, yeah. yeah, or, you know, a luck stone, whatever it is. It's because you, yeah. you, you also got like an in game and in world value for the item like your flying carpet was 50 points i think 45 50 points maybe maybe more um but yeah, i think it was less than that actually but go ahead okay the, but, the wizarding hat's 100 but it's a hilarious 100 it's, a, it's great it's a great 100 to spend but like it was it was <laughs> it was genuinely like amazingly valuable like and you were like oh my god this flying carpet is so much better than a basic bitch luck stone right but yeah like so you had these things which is it, it would give the game designers more scope in game, they were like, "Okay, we're gonna make six relics for space wolves, but one of them is like, this is the fucking bananas pajamas. Like, this is like, this is the original axe, right? This is the space wolf axe. This is a billion yeah. points, right? Versus, uh, this is just some slightly better armor, five points. Like, I just just charge the points for it, and I already think that you have. I don't know why it's attached to CP at all. That's weird." Like I like I guess it's like a requisition token or something I don't know but I personally would love to see relics and even uh, warlord traits assigned points because I think that really like would change like it gives you more because then you can make bonkers powerful stuff because when everything costs zero everything has to be equal at zero yeah. 
Whereas you could just be like, cool, this is 150 points, but it's... And then this, it gives you loads of design stuff. And I think that would be really fun. Personally, I think that would be really fun. I'm with you. Yeah, I think I think it... Well, it also gives you the potential opportunity of, of like like aspiring to game balance, right? Like, whereas right now I think they're trying, they try to balance by giving everyone same, same, but different. Um, and again, it only really matters if, um, you know, balance is something that you care about. I, I believe they balance the game through chaos very, very much on purpose. Mm-hmm. I.e., by releasing new things into the ecosystem constantly that, that sort of force the meta to change. Um, agreed. That's how it- like, have you seen the online rage about um, the balance for like Legends of Terror recently? Say again? Have you seen the online rage about the balance for Legends of Terror recently, as an example? No. That's because there isn't any. They just, like, it's just <laughs> fine. Like, but then, but then, as you said, that then becomes a feature, not a bug, right? If, like, right. if everyone at local, your local gaming store is, like, fucking screaming because Chaos Knights are whatever, yeah, or Tyranids or whatever, you're screaming about Tyranids being too good and then everyone else being like, oh, I can't believe you think stuff's too broken. And then everyone is screaming. It doesn't matter where they are in the line of things that they're screaming. They're screaming, yeah, which means the other guy who's not screaming, who's just listening, which is most people, they're like, ha, I might buy Tyranids. They sound at least interesting because, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't want to see Morbius, but I also do want to see Morbius now because I don't know how. I, have you seen the Morbius thing, Val? Like, are you aware of what's happened? I think it's very funny that Sony misread what it meant to have a bunch of viral memes about it and tried to re release the film to a spectacular failure. Yeah, but now I'm like, do I actually want to see it? Because I kind of do, because it's been talked about so much. But I also feel like I shouldn't see it, right? So as to, like, solidarity with everyone who's dunking on it. Does, like, I'm torn, is my point. But the point is, is it's put it front and centre. A movie which, by all uh, reviews, should never have existed and should never be watched is having more conversation time than... Uh, everything everywhere all at once which should have nothing but praise heaped on it all day every day so like do you know what i mean like so i think you're correct that it's a feature not a bug that the thing is fucked yeah 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 the snakes on a plane effect i guess is that an effect yeah well this is also the uh the uh 40 chess concept that you that you uh stumbled upon which is purposely making mistakes in battle reports to get people mad about it in the comments that's definitely true man Uh, I think actually it's probably more like not caring so much about it because it'll get people upset in the comments. Like, I, and I think you see this in the evolution of basically every battle report channel we've ever seen. Go for it. I love which is, I love you. I don't know if you said this online before. Which uh, well, so essentially it happens all the time where like so we saw it. I don't. I never saw the beginning of any wargaming, but I'm gonna bet they tried hard at the game when they first started. Uh, definitely tabletop tactics when they came out of the gates they they went to tournaments they tried hard at at being good at at the game they had their own weird little clubhouse format but nonetheless they tried hard within their their own restrictions uh tabletop titans came out their 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 value prop was that they were playtesters and they were good at the game mm-hmm. as time goes the audience pulls them to this like really mushy middle of 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 not trying hard at the game and really what it's about again is that the the, the sunk cost is actually in the social interaction of it 
So it's, do I like the person who's playing this game? Do I want to watch them play it? And are they playing something that is agreeable to me? And so over time, as, as, as like those channels have evolved, they've all evolved into a much less game-centric, more like zippy, having a good time type of approach to, the, to, to playing the game. Um, and then like guys like Art of War, which are trying hard 24-7, um, you know, they're getting thousands of views, not tens of thousands. Yeah, I was just related that to myself for a moment, and I was like, I have not gone to the mushy center. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I am, nope. I am at the, the, whatever the rough edge of that is. Um, someone in the chat said that I'm allergic to centrists earlier. That was rude. Yes, uh, I saw that. Uh, I, I, I agreed with it, but I didn't want to hear it said about me. That's mean. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we had the leaks for that. We also had the leaks for the new guard. Yeah. I think they look pretty cool. Um, did I actually even wind up seeing any pictures of it? I didn't watch... Get Warhammer yeah, Community, uh, so you can just Warhammer Community it because they've had to respond oh, by they, putting images out themselves. They counter-leaked it? Got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Miniac strikes again. <laughs> Miniac. By the way, Miniac's podcast brother, Ninjon, followed us last night on uh, on Twitch. So um, oh, maybe uh, so so shout out to Miniac and Ninjon for the leaks. Uh, we appreciate we're, you. We're, we're back channeling our way to the to the leak master general. <laughs> to the leak master general. Um, um, what is? What is this little chubby dick cannon that the uh, Sentinels got here? That's a little weird. I think the Sentinel stuff looks good. I think the Warhammer community stuff. Uh, like, I think it's... it looks nice. Right. I wonder if they're reusing all the weapons again. No, that's a, that looks like a plasma gun. There's a there's Who's a daughter the lady. So well, she's daughter Who's... Creed. She's the daughter of Creed. Oh, that makes sense because I was about to call her uh, uh, Mrs. General Patton. So that that makes a lot of sense. There you go. There so you she's go. Lady Creed. That's sick. Amen. It, so there's two things. Yeah, that's sick. That's the correct response. There's you should been... be rocking like a foot-long Virginia Slim, though. <laughs> I agree. There's been some... There's been some... Uh, what's the right word? Uh, I don't want to call them incels, because I don't think you're allowed to, but like um, some upset that there's been some boy... There's, there's a lady somewhere inside this as a kit. Uh, well, so... I mean... On top of that, she's a woman. Like, she she's is like, a woman. <laughs> yes. She's a woman. Like, like that's awesome. Like this, this, this figure is. She's not wearing high heels. She's not sexualized. She just, in fact, the early rumors I heard were like, that's pretty good. But it wasn't obvious that like she wasn't sexy Creed. Um, I think this is good. Like this doesn't. This is this is perfect. Like like perfectly fits my immersion here. This looks like. A female commander of a Cadian group of soldiers, like that's awesome. Like that's perfect to me. Yeah, I think she looks fantastic. Like, I mean, yeah. The... I do wish she was. I wish she did have her ass out and was turning towards the camera somehow. Like that <laughs> would have been a better pose. What a dragon pose! Is that what you're looking for? From is that is that the dragon? That is a bit of a dragon pose. Okay. Yeah, 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 right. yeah that was good. Um, Luckily, uh, she does have her oh. uh, her official Citadel rock to stand on, so at least there's no double standard there. We've got it. We've got it. We've got our leak. We've got it. We've got we got a live react Val. Here we go. Organized play, play returns. Claim glory oh my. and exclusive prizes. Are you ready? All right. Okay, Matthew <laughs> Wellman. Thank you for resubscribing. 
Uh, it's been two whole years since the last Warhammer organized play kit for friendly local game stores, but there's a new one on the way this summer. It's going to be well worth the wait. First at Warhammer 40,000, this organized play kit will be released just after the new chapter approved Warzone Nephilim and will support up to 32 participants. Including the kit are the secondary objective cards for the new Grand Tournament pack. These card packs are not available anywhere else, and every player that participates in an organized play event will receive a set. These are some beautifully designed certificates for first, second, and third places and for the best painted army. Naturally, the winner will also receive a beautiful glass trophy. Also, every player that participates in an event run through Warhammer 40,000 organized play kits will have the chance to win a golden ticket to the grand narrative in Santa Ana Pueblo, New Mexico. Pueblo? 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 It's Pueblo. Yeah. What comes next? Just a few weeks later, One Rage Sigma will also receive its first ever organized play kit that includes mysterious terrain tokens for each of the players. Ooh. Up to 32 that participate. After that, there'll be organized play kits for Kill Team, Warcry, and Warhammer Underworlds. Oh, I thought this was going to be like rankings or something, ah. but this is uh, this is just... No, no. This, this is a throwback, but this, this is is actually nothing. speaks to this speaks to what... Uh, you got to get a trade account so you can start getting stuff like this. Um, the uh, well, this shop. speaks to what we're talking about, though. Pardon? At my shop. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, this is so that like game stores can like build a little thing that happens over over the the summer and get people engaged in playing. I think it's it's a good marketing move, and I think a lot of people really like these at their game stores. I've I've never participated. Kids, the some folks like it, so that's that's awesome. That's there. It would be great if they actually do get shipped, and uh, people are allowed to use them. Yeah, in the okay. past they've past they had to pay for them. I think if I recall the last batch, but I might that might be that might be slander. I don't want to say that. I don't remember what it is. I've never partaken because it's just an event. It's like, what is it? A certificate? It's fine. I got yeah, it's, it's it's a reason to go to the store every week and like you know progress your dudes and you get badges for for like you know playing in this scenario and stuff. You know, just that it's just fun. You know, what uh, what normies might call fun, Rob. Yeah, that sounds fun. Time bones, thanks for resubscribing. That sounds fun, doesn't it? You just go, See? and some guy does all the work for you. When when's that going to happen in the future? Summer times. Summer times. Um, okay. Uh, so the, <laughs> uh, we were talking about so the new guard. Do you like any of it, or you're not bothered? No, I like it. I, I the the only thing that I, I mean, just to be a bit curmudgeonly, is like. The Imperial Guard is supposed to be this like it, like all like far reaching trillions of people deep diaspora of humanity, and uh, you know we're still just getting sort of twenty one hundred era of human soldiers. You know, I'd, I'd love I'd love to see some of the like. There's been such a nostalgia trip that 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 GW's been on with the like with squats coming back with. You know, Necromunda. They've basically been mining the like the '90s for everything. So like, let's see some like. What's a modern-looking Mordian look like? Mordian are so cool to me. Like guys who like go to combat in their dress uniforms and live on a planet that's in eternal darkness. That's pretty cool. The rumor mill um, suggests you know, the rumor mill suggests that 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 is a, that will be there in the future. Good, because uh, like I also look over like I side eye over at like the Necromunda Blood Bowl kits and like literally as far as resources are concerned, every one of those kits is exactly what you would need to commit to make one guard regiment. You know, like an entire lot like. Something that someone would buy a hundred of, you know, at a time uh, is the equivalent of, of a Necromunda box because they just put different heads and stuff on them. So, you know, even something modular so that you could, like, change up your guard, make them look different, mix in some females in there. Like, 
I know we have uh, female heads now for the Cadian kit. That seemed like a really weird patchwork. I don't know why they didn't just release a new kit. So, like, anyway, so I, I'd be excited to see some some new releases. These Kasserkin are like iconic. I love I love them. I have some of the originals. Um, in in my uh, in my Imperium uh, stash in the in now literally in my shed. Um, always love those guys. Um, so it's cool that they're coming out. I, hopefully they're a little dynamic too. Maybe they get some more than that single poses. Elite oh. of the elite of the elite. Uh, my favorite line ever is these warriors are the elite of the elite of the elite. I would like to find, like, we should do a battle royale between everything that's been called the elite of the, of the elite <laughs> hammer and then find out the elite of the elite of the elite. Yeah, find out who the true elite of the elite of the elite is. Because I don't think even a Primarch's been described as the elite of the elite. And you feel like oh, yeah. they're close to that. Moniker. They need a next level superlative for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this, they, uh. they need something else. Um, yeah, so because these, are, these aren't your basic line infantry guardsmen. So I assume we're getting different line guardsmen. Or they're just going to kind of like, just be like, cool, they're still there. We're going to put some. Well, they're definitely going to be. I mean, I don't know if they're going to update the kit, but they'll definitely be Cadians because Caster Kid or Cadians, uh, uh, Ms. Ms. Creed there is is a Cadian. So like, like the core the core of the Imperial Guard will continue to be Cadia, which again is kind of funny because they don't have a planet anymore, <clears throat> unless they do. Have they rebuilt Cadia somehow? I don't know. Um, no, they haven't. So, no, it's, yeah. it's blown up. Yeah, it got blown up. Mm. But you know what? I'm hanging out in a world that got blown up. So you know, whatever. Go nuts, yeah. Kadia. That's true. Go nuts, Kadia. Maybe they'll be back. Maybe there'll be like some also, reclamation. I don't know. My question is, Lady, why was Lady Creed here? Um, why wasn't she on the planet? What, uh, what privilege? I think she, she was out there. I, she, I think she was out there on the front line somewhere else, doing other soldiering in other places. Um, oh, she's got a sick helmet. She's got. She has got a sick helmet. It's it's very cool. Uh, I do think. Actually, yeah. It's uh, it's fun. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the the furor online as always. Uh, whenever a lady's released as a miniature, honestly, this, the this very, very lowest mini. Huh? Like you got so that's a very characterful mini for a special character. If you got a problem with it, you probably suck. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that being the bit that bothers your day? You just wake up in the morning, you eat your cereal, and then you think. Uh, a plastic lady. <laughs> I'm going to spend eight to nine hours today telling everyone how they're wrong about this. Like, yeah, what? But by the same coin, we will genuinely then later on spend eight to ten hours arguing about why those rules will be released in paper. So, you know, like, everyone's got their bugaboos, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, listen, it's been lovely talking to you, uh, Mr. Heffelfield. What a show. What a show. What a show. We covered all sorts. We covered all sorts. I like the show titles for this show are really easy uh, because I just pick out various things that we touched on and it already makes just great clickbait kind of like uh, headline. By the way, I don't know how me riding a bicycle and podcasting at the same time didn't make the cut for, for something to lead with last week. Because I wanted know. I wanted the impact. Like you're not expecting it. Like when you see everything everywhere all at once at the cinema, okay. I'm going to tell you the only bit that I'll tell you about the, the entire film is that it is a heartfelt family drama. Okay. Okay. And that is woefully underselling the other 18 genres that that movie is going to be once you've watched it. Yeah. Like, 
it, it, it does. Uh, it's like Dave Eggers' novel. Uh, was it as heartbreaking work of staggering genius? It sets you up for, with some serious expectations with everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, and yeah, I also have to watch He Returns. Like you got, I got a lot of, uh, and then like the fifty things during the pandemic you told me to watch that I never did. Just watch that so, one. Like nothing else matters. Hmm? Nothing else matters. Just watch that. Nothing else matters. Okay. That's that's honestly up there. It's beyond Derry Girls, which I never thought I'd say. Yeah, it's it's the tippity top. Uh, hey, so. is Derry Girls? Derry Girls season three is out. Far. If you want to watch it, Derry Girls season three is out. If you want to watch it. Okay, great. That's wonderful. Me and my wife will watch that tonight. Ah, perfect. Perfect. All right. Uh, thanks, chat, for being here. As always, if you listen to the podcast, please stay hydrated. If you watch it back on YouTube, like, subscribe, and all those other things. We did just hit 17,000 subscribers on YouTube, so uh, still, hey, right. wo- still woefully terrible. So excellent. I've added in my, my career as, as creative director of FLGN, I've added 250 subscribers. So you're, you're catching up to us real fast. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, uh, see everyone soon look after yourselves we'll be back tomorrow doing some more Slapjot Masterclass stuff Um, so I hope you guys enjoy that see you soon thanks for tuning in and goodbye